0: Hi everyone, it's Darlene, and today I am going to be interviewing my son, who is turning 18 in just a few days, and by the time you hear this episode, he will already be 18, and I thought it would be really interesting for all of you to have a chance to listen to us and to our conversation, and You know, one of the things that I talk a lot about as a parenting coach is that being a mom is a relationship, not a job, that we are in a relationship with our kids and that we don't need to judge our performance based on how our kids perform. So, you know, if our kids behave and act really well, we think, oh, we must be really good moms. Or if our kids, you know, make mistakes or fail, we look at their behavior and we think, oh, we must not be a very good mom. And I just don't think about parenting that way um, at all. I really think about the quality of my relationship with my kids and how connected we are as proof of whether I'm doing a good job or not. And also how emotionally literate they are and whether they're able to really reflect and have awareness about them themselves and, um, the ability to like self regulate, you know, manage their emotions and, you know, communicate, set goals, reach those goals, things like that. So this episode is going to be my conversation with Lincoln about how, yeah, how, how he reflects on his childhood, how he reflects on being raised by, by me and by his dad. And, um, just where he's at at this point in his life. So I hope you love this episode and um, yeah. Introducing Lincoln Childress. All right, Lincoln, here we go. We're going to start our podcast episode. Good. It's fun. Um, It is fun. So I'm going to ask you questions and you're going to give me answers. Mm -hmm. You don't really, you kind of know the general idea of the questions. I've
1: heard like, I know kind of what they're going to be about but i don't know the specifics yeah Yeah.
0: and i haven't heard your answers um so i want you to be okay like being honest like it's fine yeah um and just say what you want to say and talk about what we want to talk about okay yeah so i want to this is we're doing this podcast episode because you're turning 18 yes and once this goes live to all the people you will already be 18. Yes. Yeah. So I want to ask you, like, what does 18 mean to you? Like, what does that number mean to you?
1: That's a difficult question. But 18, I think to me, it means like, it's like the end of sort of a big section of my life. For me, it feels like it comes with a lot of responsibility and a lot more expectation. I have to be something. Mm. I have to start being something now.
0: Hmm. Does it feel like pressure turning 18? Yeah, it
1: feels like pressure.
0: It's funny because we decided somewhere along the way that like 18 was an adult.
1: Even though now I can get arrested, but I can't drink.
0: (laughs) Right. You can vote, but you can't smoke. But
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. Mm -mm. No cigarettes.
0: But I was more thinking about how we made this time, like 18, it was before 18 was an adult and like before we had mris before we understood the brain development um and for you you're not finishing high school right now you no have another, i still have a whole year yeah you have another year so you'll be at home um but there is something in our society about turning 18 so for you it feels like you have um you need to be something like there's some sort of expectation
1: yeah there's there's pressure to be something now yeah i can't just be a child
0: where does that pressure come from? Does it come from dad and I, or?
1: Uh, it comes from a lot of places. I don't think it comes from one place in specific. It comes from, yeah, definitely from from you two. Not oh. not very much, but it feels like it does. Uh, from just I don't know our culture, I mm-hmm. guess,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and from myself as well.
0: Yeah. So you are putting, you are making this birthday mean something for you. Like you want it. It sounds like you want it to mean something. I do want it
1: to mean something. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because if I, if I don't, then I'm just going to get stuck feeling the same and doing the same thing.
0: Yeah. So it's like a nice opportunity to like, it's
1: like a new year's It's it's starting something
0: else. Okay. I love that. So here's one of the questions my clients asked. They wanted to know what was your worst consequence. And I want to think about it like this, like Essentially what's something that we did that at the time you did not like at all, but now you're glad that we did.
1: Um, I don't really know how to answer the first part mm-hmm. because I don't have a memory of a consequence. That was like,
0: like a terrible consequence
1: way greater than the other ones. Yeah. I, I, you have a I, lot of
0: little consequences. Like I'd yeah. say um, Lincoln, you can, you're welcome to stay in this hot tub as long as you don't splash your brother. Yeah. And then you'd splash your brother and I'd be like, looks like you need to get out of the hot tub, like yeah. those kinds of things. But yeah, yeah, you didn't have any big doozies.
1: I don't have something it's like, oh, I was grounded for a month or I got my non-existent phone taken away.
0: <laughs> your brother actually, whenever he does this episode, it will be he has a lot. But yeah. OK, so what did you what was something that we did that at the time you didn't like, like a limit that we had that you were like, no, I do not like this. Now and later, when you got older, you were like, "Yeah, no, I like. I'm glad they did that."
1: Definitely not being allowed to play video games till I was twelve. Yeah, that was. I didn't understand the reason for it until probably about two years ago.
0: Yeah, and it was it was a little ex- extreme. So one of our rule, it right? Was. It was <laughs> our rule was that Lincoln couldn't play video games till he was twelve, and partly that's because he has a younger brother who's two years younger. And we really didn't want him to start until he was 10. Until he was 10. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. But um what we decided as a family was that you could start playing at 12 and that then he could start playing at 10. I don't want any moms listening to think, like, oh, I'm supposed to not have my kids play video games till 12. I never want to tell you what to do. This was the right choice for our family. And it was also before the pandemic. So you know, it wasn't like we had to occupy our kids for hours at a time. We had lots of options. Um, and some of my thoughts about screen time have changed over the, over the past six years. So, um, yeah. But what was that like for you to wait for so long? Because I remember you were eight and you, Minecraft had come on the scene and your friends were starting to play yep. and you were like, I want to play Minecraft. And we said no. Yeah. And then you continued to ask for the next four years.
1: Annoying (laughs) because I got was it just
0: annoying or more? It was
1: frustrating, it was annoying, yeah. Um, it didn't seem fair. Mm
0: -hmm, I got
1: to watch you know all my friends have fun playing together, playing video games after school and whatnot, and talking about it Mm -hmm. at at recess and stuff. And I just had to kind of watch on the sidelines, be like, Yeah, yeah, that sounds nice,
0: Yeah. yeah. So, how'd you handle that? Like, what did you do to cope with that rule?
1: um i smoked a lot of cigarettes oh my god
0: sure. <laughs> no you guys that's not true what
1: i got i got i just got mad at you guys a lot
0: yeah did you it. go to the library or something what did you do
1: oh yeah um because i was like well if i can't play now mm-hmm. i might as well learn everything i can about the game so when i can play i won't be behind oh because did that work out I'm very competitive when I play like games mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It did work out. Yeah, yeah. and you so probably I, could
0: talk to the other kids yeah. about it.
1: And I could, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I also why I, I went to the library and I would check out like the books of, on Minecraft and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'd read all of those. Mm-hmm. And like, whenever we take, like, I remember. I'd have to come with you to take Sawyer to that, um the food thing. Oh God. Uh-huh. And you, that was like the one time I'd get to like watch stuff on the iPad. So I just watch Minecraft videos for like yeah. 50 minutes. And yeah. waiting in the lobby. That yeah. was like the best part of my day.
0: That's such a reality of childhood when you have a sibling, because you have to sometimes go to appointments and like, wait, wait for them and they have to wait for you and yeah. you have to like, yeah, there's a lot of waiting when you're a kid. There is. It's like absolutely. a lot of mindless time where you are uncomfortably just waiting for your mom to be done yeah. or your brother to be done.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he had to wait for me for a lot of things, too. Yeah,
0: so. that's interesting Um, about childhood. So when did you like you said that this was something that was annoying to you, but now you're glad that we did that. So say, say about that, like what? Why are you glad that we had that role?
1: Uh, I realized that it was probably a good thing.
0: When did you realize that?
1: Around when the pandemic started, mm. and probably probably the beginning of my freshman year. Mm-hmm.
0: It's
1: like two and a half years ago,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, almost three actually. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'd start to see like kids at restaurants or out in public, and they're just they're just glued mm-hmm. to their phone mm-hmm. or, to, or to their iPad mm-hmm. and stuff, and they they're just not they're not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I got to do other things when I was a kid Mm -hmm. my my childhood isn't saved on a phone yeah it's it's in my brain oh
0: that's so cool
1: and then also because like now if I'm bored I don't have to just turn on a device Mm. and play video games or watch YouTube Mm -hmm. or something like that Mm -hmm. which I mean even kids my age I know that they they don't know how to do any they don't really do anything else
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I'm glad I have I still do that stuff I definitely still do that stuff, but I have options.
0: Right. And, and you know responses. how to occupy yourself. Because we're talking about like kids waiting for a long period of time for their sibling or being bored or whatever. And yeah. it's like when, you're, when you get that brain candy right away, like, you know, it's like that fast little kick. You're not really training your brain to find alternatives and to find solutions. Right, right. So we let you train your brain till you were 12.
1: Yeah, you did.
0: Yeah, when did you get a cell phone? Do you remember?
1: Would it have been seventh grade.
0: Yeah, no, it, no later eighth grade. Was... I got.
1: I didn't get a cell phone till eighth grade. I had a flip phone in seventh grade. You did. I was a nineties kid.
0: <laughs> Which you never really charged or used.
1: No, and I left it in your car when you sold it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. So you didn't have a phone. You didn't have an easy access to screens when you were little and it was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like whatever rules you set up as a family, as a parent, your kid doesn't really understand that they're good until they're much older and maybe never, but you as the parent have to understand that they're, it's good and worth it. But obviously you were angry with us and you were irritated. Oh Yeah. Because i used to have that limit where you could complain about our screen time rules on fridays from like five forty five to six or six to six fifteen
1: i would um every like people i would talk to my age when i would, that back then i would ask them if they played minecraft and I'd come up with like lists of people who played minecraft to yes. try to convince you to let me do it
0: yes yeah, so you had like a running list and you'd be like you know well that now there's 67 on my list i just met two more kids at dojo boom or whatever that yeah. like an indoor jumping place you're like those three kids play minecraft oh, like random children soccer team and stuff yes like that, any like... one you met you'd be like do you play minecraft and then you'd have this tally mm-hmm. and you'd bring me the tally on fridays yeah and i would say you can complain to me about the rules from six to six fifteen i turn on the timer and I, I would be in it when he was complaining i'd be like mm, yeah that's a really good argument yeah. yes yeah I was thinking you were going to ask, you were going to say that you asked your friends for advice of how to convince your parents to let you use Minecraft. No, Cause my friends, their parents didn't really do that kind of stuff. So they didn't have so, strategies. They yeah. didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I wanted to ask about this when you were a kid, because when you were really little, I yelled and I was really reactive. And then as you got older, I didn't yell as much. I would, you know, speak like more like strongly to you. And I remember you and Sawyer you would say like, you know, stop yelling at me or why are you yelling at me and I would be talking like, boys, you need to get into the car now. Like <laughs> <laughs> um Lincoln is looking at me funny. Um yeah, so I would be speaking firmly, but you guys would be like, why are you yelling at me? And I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. And so I wondered What was that like for you when I would speak like that? Like, why would you interpret it as yelling? What was going on there for you?
1: It's probably because looking back on it, I can kind of notice the shift and tell when you changed your parenting style, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't in the moment
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because I was a kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So So you would, you, you would be like, stop yelling at me. And I wasn't yelling at you. But you experienced it as yelling
1: because it was the harshest thing you did. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I still knew that you were mad, mm-hmm. and I don't think I knew how to interpret it as a, any other way than yelling.
0: Yeah, so if you could tell, like, even if I was speaking like that, what, what could you read my emotion or something yeah, like? Yeah, I what, could. what were you reading? To, to a degree, yeah,
1: not accurately, since I, you know, I was pretty young. Yeah, but I could tell, like oh, is she mad? Is she happy? Mm -hmm. Is she sad? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could tell based on how you acted towards me or talked or whatever.
0: Yeah. So if I was like, yeah, not yelling, but speaking that way, you experienced it like anger. Like you could feel the anger that was underneath there. Yeah. Yeah. Even if
1: there wasn't a lot. Yeah. I could could still tell.
0: I always found it so interesting because you guys stop yelling at me. And I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. But what I think it sounds like you're saying is that you could sense the anger or the, whatever was going on inside of me, whatever was going on inside of my emotions, it was still coming through. Yes. Like, this is like, when I say like, I you can't fake calm. You could tell I wasn't like genuinely calm, genuinely like compassionate towards you and, or, and you know, whatever I was yeah. just like, get in the car. Like it felt like, like almost you know, yeah, like mo- mean, mean, <laughs> mean mom voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could you pick up on my emotions or can you pick up on my emotions now? Or can you pick up on other people's I'm emotions? Very, I'm,
1: I, I'm very, I think I'm very emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. Now I can read people fairly well. Yeah. with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And back then I think I could too. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I could tell what people were feeling, but I couldn't figure out why.
0: Mm. yeah like, you couldn't put you can figure out the circumstance or whatever was causing it yeah like, so you could name you feel like you are good at naming emotions
1: yeah i think so yeah and and like trying to figure out why they might what what might be causing them to feel this way yeah and i think i'm pretty good at
0: that yeah i'm curious lincoln what what period of time like was the hardest for you what age or what grade was like the hardest in like your like, like, grade?
1: I have my memories based, based on, grade.
0: on grades. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. So what grade was the hardest for you or that you remember thinking like you were struggling?
1: Definitely my freshman year. Mm. So what? I would have been 16.
0: I don't know. What yeah, would, I would have been 16. More 15, so. I think. But I what happened? Been, yeah, my freshman year. Definitely. Yeah. What was going on in your freshman year that um, was made it so hard?
1: I went to my freshman year and I started doing in band. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I found out pretty quickly I wasn't interested in doing that throughout mm-hmm. high school mm-hmm. so i I stopped yeah and then I didn't have like at least from my grade and from mm-hmm. my experience when people when we all went into high school mm-hmm. everyone like scrambled to find to latch on to some something some sort of activity or like extracurricular thing or mm-hmm. a sport
0: mm-hmm.
1: or some kind of like group or identity and it sounds cliche but it's 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 pretty accurate i think Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like one of my good friends he he did soccer Mm -hmm. and he he all he did he just hung out with all the kids who did soccer Mm -hmm. and i didn't know any of them so Mm -hmm. i didn't hang out with them Mm -hmm. or like another one of my friends he did track so he just hung out with all the track kids Mm -hmm. i didn't know any of them i didn't want to hang out with them either and stuff like that like band if i'd stuck in with that i'm sure i would have ended up hanging out with them or just just other classes and stuff like that but
0: so you didn't feel like you had like a friend group when you got to high school? No,
1: I ha- yeah, I had friends. You had friends, but you I didn't know didn't who have to be with, like a friend group. Yeah, and I think that that is because going into high school, a lot of a, a lot of kids like, latched onto something and yep. made that their identity. Yep. And over my time in high school, that's lessened. Mm-hmm. Like
0: people, yeah.
1: people don't do that. And now in my junior year.
0: Yeah. Because in the beginning, early adolescence, it's kind of like that where kids are like, who am I? Who are my friends? Where where can I feel safe? Who should I be hanging out with? Yeah. And so they find people that are like, we're the band kids, we're the soccer kids, we're the drama kids. And that is sort of the beginning of high school. You find that sort of center group. And it can be hard, you're saying, if you don't have a thing.
1: Right. And yeah, like I said, it, I mean, it sounds cliche, but like it happens. Well, it's developmental yeah. because
0: that's part of Finding your identity is figuring out like you base your identity on more of what you do, mm-hmm. not so much of who you are because you don't you know, don't who, know you who you are. Yes, exactly.
1: And I like, I I was dreading every single lunch because I'd just be sitting not I'd be with people, mm-hmm. but I would be alone. Yeah. I was alone with people and yeah. my friends were out somewhere else or,
0: Well, they were in their own friend group
1: giggling about whatever they were doing. And I was just kind of stranded. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, over the pandemic, I think.
0: Well, everybody's friend groups got scrambled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then
1: we got back and now it's not like that anymore.
0: Yeah. Everyone has, as, as adolescence goes through, you don't have to base your identity so much on what you do. It is a little bit more of who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit to think of you struggling, you know, and I know that was true in eighth grade a little bit, too. Just like
1: it was it was the same in eighth grade to a less much, much lesser extent. Yeah. But it it was still there.
0: Yeah. And yeah, you're going to high school and you're like, I'm going to be in the band and this is going to be sort of my identity and this could be who I hang out with. And then you were like, "Uh, I don't like band. And so you dropped it Mm -hmm. and we let you do that. But then you didn't have anything at the time to replace it with. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's interesting because it's like, as a parent, uh, you think, Oh, what's the hardest time for your kid. And we tend to think it's about our, like, yeah.
1: what would you say with, without knowing Yeah, I just said, what coming into this blank, what would you say would be the hardest time for me?
0: Well, it's funny because I would say it was when you were being really aggressive, when you were like,
1: but that's just because it was hardest for you. Yes, exactly. I was a good time, right? You I were was fine. smacking kids left and right.
0: <laughs> you were not smacking kids left and right. But yes, it's like the truth is that adolescence and childhood have struggles within them, and it it's not the parent can't prevent that. We can't make it make like protect you from all the pain, and nor are we supposed to. And that it can make us feel like we've done something wrong or we're bad because you're, you're struggling or you, Oh, you don't have a friend and, or you don't have a friend group. I let you quit band and I shouldn't have, or I should have forced you to do something else. And it's like, that's just not kids struggle, right? Like kids go through stuff, they grow. And that's, yeah, that's what you're saying. It's like, you had, you went through a hard time in your life. It had absolutely nothing to do with your parents. <laughs> Interesting. You guys were
1: there. We were
0: there for you. Yeah. That is our role. Yeah. We can't make it stop, but I do. You did talk to me about that. You, I remember you sh- sharing like just that you weren't sure who you should be with. Like you have friends, but you were like, I don't know who like my friend group is. Right. Yeah. And we would talk about it and, yeah, the pro the the solution had to come from within you.
1: Yeah, I had to figure the solution for myself. You couldn't do it for me.
0: No, we can't. I really wish I could go and like tell all the kids. Like,
1: I'm very glad you didn't try. Be
0: nice to this boy. <laughs> Not that anyone's being mean to you. You weren't no, being bullied. I wasn't, I wasn't
1: getting bullied. No. Or, like rejected or anything. Yeah. I just didn't have a place.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then you found one over yep. the over the years. Yeah, um, I'm the, I'm curious, like what did you learn from us? Or like, what did we do right as parents? I guess that's my question. Like, what did you think we did well? Or what are you glad we did as parents?
1: Mm, That is a tough question. Because it's hard to know, like, really what you did looking back, Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: I was a kid then. Mm -hmm. So it didn't seem like you were doing anything special Mm -hmm, because it's mm -hmm. just what happened yeah but I can kind of see more from like a third person point of view now of -hmm. the past yeah and I think it's it's mostly just the way you handled my emotions
0: yeah your emotions or your behavior or what or both or what
1: I think it's it's a lot of um
0: like, how did I handle your emotions? Well, what do you mean by that? Like
1: if, if I was mad about something or if mm-hmm. I was angry and that caused me to be, you know, I, I was a bit of a nuisance as a kid, mm-hmm, both, mm-hmm. You know, physically and whatnot. Yeah. Instead of getting mad at me for what I was doing, you helped me understand why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And you understood why I was doing it. You, mm-hmm. you dealt with the why and not, you dealt with the, um, not the action, mm-hmm. but the the cause of the action.
0: Yeah.
1: And how, did, how did we, me... what do
0: you mean we dealt with it? Like, what do you. You
1: dealt with it as in you weren't just, oh, I'm going to punish you. And I'm mad at you because mm-hmm. you did this thing. It's more of, okay, well, you're mad about this. Why is that? And mm-hmm. you helped me understand how to identify that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And I identify that kind of stuff. What's that stuff? emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So you're, when you would misbehave, you are saying what we did well, or what we did right was that we were like, what is going on here? Like, uh, you know, what is
1: right. Instead of just focusing on the outside of it? Oh, he did this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to punish him for it. And mm-hmm. then forget about it.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. And instead
1: and- of trying to not fix it, but improve on it. I mm-hmm.
0: Guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like to talk about, okay, you did this, you hit your brother or you didn't do your homework or, you know, you want to quit soccer or you, you know, whatever you left your water bottle, what all, all the things, right. My sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you were feeling distracted because you were feeling angry because you were feeling for hurt because, you know Um. so we would talk about the emotion and then maybe talk about a strategy to do. Well, if you can't hit your brother, yeah. What else? Or okay, so you did lose your sweatshirt. Now what?
1: Why are you so distracted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was how, there anything? We, how can we help you with being so distracted? Was there anything going on and stuff like that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you think we did well. I think so. Yeah. Aw, that makes me happy. Um,
1: that and you know, like keeping me off the streets and whatnot.
0: Yeah, for sure. And- well, it's interesting because talking about how you're talking about you know, your behavior and us talking about your emotions. And it's like a big part of my journey as a parent was when you were aggressive, when you were four or five, you know, you had these really long meltdowns, temper tantrums. I now call them big feeling cycles. And, you know, they would last like 45 minutes and
1: that's an eternity for a four-year-old.
0: It was a long time for a mom too. Yes. And I, you know, I didn't know how to handle them and I was so over really overwhelmed and I would get angry and I just, you know, I tried all the things, And, um, you would hit other kids. You know, I have some stories of some doozies of a stories of you, you know, getting into trouble at school and at the playground and at play dates and things. And it's interesting to me because like, you're so not like that anymore. It's like, you're the most, um, gentle and mild person and so loving that it's, Anyone who meets you, it's hard for them to even imagine you being like aggressive, like hitting I somebody. I
1: can't imagine it.
0: Yeah. Like you don't remember this part of you.
1: No. And I think a lot of it is like, I'm blocking it from my memory as well. Oh,
0: goodness. You think? Maybe it's just being a little kid. Like I think this, I'm also just a
1: little kid. Yeah. 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 But like Because you'll tell me like stories about it and I'll, I'll be like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that. Mm. Like, it's not something I've ever thought about. Yeah. That's what I mean.
0: Well, I was wondering if you have if you have any insight into what helped you or what, what changed for you or what was that process? Because I know that there are moms listening right now and they're feeling like, you know, I have an aggressive kid. I have a kid who gets in trouble at school. I have a kid who's like hitting their sibling all the time. And, you know, they're looking for answers and hope and they want to know, like, is it always going to be this way? And am I raising a sociopath? And You know, are they going to like, you know, hurt hurt their friends when they grow up and you know we have a lot of fears as as parents. And so I'm curious if you have any insight as to like what changed for you or what happened, even if you can't remember doing it.
1: I think the way you handled it mm. because I don't think getting mad at me mm-hmm. was helping.
0: Mm. No, I tried that.
1: It didn't help. I think it would have just made it worse. Yeah. But I think what did help was you helping me like learn to regulate Mm -hmm. my emotions and my feelings and stuff Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, getting mad at me for having those and Mm. for how I handled having Mm -hmm. those. I think that's what really helped me. Yeah. With that kind of stuff.
0: Do you think it, do you think it took time?
1: It definitely took time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, do you think it really, Do you think it matters where those emotions come from? I don't know. Like, do you think it matters like why a kid is mad?
1: I think it does. I think it does matter to an extent. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest thing is how you handle
0: the
1: kid being mad. Yeah. And whether or not you're just going to put yourself in a cycle of the kid's mad, Mm -hmm. then you get mad at the kid, and then the kid doesn't figure out how to not act out Mm. his Mm emotion.
0: Yeah. So that was like the key for you. It was like, your aggression was coming from emotions. That's how you understand it.
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you didn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's beautiful. I love that. So do you think like my, one of my questions is what is the most significant thing you learned from your parents? Maybe that's not it. And what is this most significant thing you learned from us?
1: Hard work, dedication, uh, turning things in on this time. This is not true. Functional. None of
0: these are things. Uh, these are things that your dad and I highly value that we have don't see yet in, your, in you. Yet. We can cut that. <laughs> no, we're not. Cutting I'm going it. to Yale. You're, we're not cutting any of this. What? What is the most significant thing you've learned so far from your parents? Besides all these emotional things.
1: Besides all the emotional things. Yeah. Gonna- I don't know if I can really honestly answer that question yet. Mm. I think I'm still too, like, I'm still living with you guys. You mm-hmm. guys are still my your parents. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still the authority figure in my life. I don't think I'm independent enough yet. I'm not living on my own. I'm mm. not, I'm not an adult. Yeah. I, I think if you asked me this question again in five years, I think I'll be able to answer. That makes I don't sense. think I can now. I think I'm still too close to all of it. Yeah. It's kind of still learning from you guys. Yeah. So it kind of goes
0: back to, to that whole, yeah. Being 18 thing. It's like, it's an it's sort of arbitrary number because, you know, you're an adult technically, but you know, not a lot is changing in your life. You're in high school. Um, yeah. You're not moving out. You're not like joining the army right now or anything Yeah. Yet. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, it's like there's some questions you just can't answer because you're you're out of childhood in a lot of ways, but you're not out of adolescence. No. Yeah. So it's going to be tricky to answer some of the questions. That's fine. I love it. Okay. Um, I'm curious if you like having a brother because here's. <laughs> oh, you should see his face, people. Um, He had a big, funny little smile. Um. The reason why I wanted to ask about it is because sibling conflict and sibling relationships is such a big part of parenting and it can be really draining, but as the person, now you have a very specific relationship with a specific person who is your brother and he is his own little person. Um, Yeah. So I, I don't want you to think about it in terms of like specifically Sawyer, but more just like, do you like having a sibling? I
1: used to make a joke hmm. that the uh, the best years of my life were from 11 months to two years old, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. but that's just not true. Um,
0: that was before your brother came into your life is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I bet <laughs> a lot of kids feel that way. They're like, before you came, but then does, does Sawyer not ever get a best period of his life because you were always there?
1: And his best period of his life is when I move out. Oh, when you move out, <laughs> he, he has He's to wait get like a year and a half of that.
0: So you kind of are sounding like the answer is no. I oh don't. no,
1: I'm about to change. That. Okay, I, I'm very glad that I was raised with a sibling. Oh, I think for me it, it has been an overall good experience.
0: And what if, what have you learned from having a sibling?
1: You learn a lot from having to live with someone your age mm-hmm. something like there's just skill skills that every kid learns like like how how i mean this is gonna sound very basic but like how to share mm-hmm. how to get along with other kids mm-hmm. like you know just stuff like that yeah and like you can learn that stuff to an extent from school and whatnot but nothing teaches it better than having someone your age living in the same house as you yeah with the same parents and mm. you're comparing yourself to them and you're, you know, measuring water cups to see who gets more <laughs> juice and stuff like that and getting jealous because you got to play Minecraft when you're 12, but they, they got it when they were 10 mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's, I don't know. You learn, it brings up a lot of emotion. That's it, for it, sure. It, yeah, It brings up a lot of emotion and there was like a stretch of like two or three years where me and sword did not have the best relationship Mm -hmm. but we've definitely moved past that
0: Mm, yeah
1: i'm pretty happy with where we are now and but i mean like overall it has been a good thing yeah um i've enjoyed it
0: yeah that makes sense yeah you and sawyer you fought a lot when you were little and there was some physical stuff but at some point i think because you were very physically aggressive and we were parenting you really specifically to change that behavior. Yeah. That at some point it seemed like you learned to not hit him, to not be aggressive towards him and it created a lot more peace, I think in our family because
1: we still fought but not physically.
0: Yeah, you didn't get physical. No. Mm-hmm. That can happen in some families where the kids will stay kind of physically aggressive for you know, through elementary school, and I think
1: know. a big reason why we weren't
0: mm-hmm. is
1: because I'm older than he is
0: mm-hmm.
1: by a decent amount two uh, years, two years. Not,
0: not, it's pretty typical, but, but
1: I mean like we're not really close in age.
0: you're one grade apart and you're actually twenty two months it's okay. very close
1: well what I'm trying to say it's not like. It's not like we're twins or anything like oh, that. Oh, I right? see. And also, I'm a lot physically bigger
0: than Yeah, you were bigger and I than him. Have yeah, him. yeah. So you kind of knew you needed to temper yourself.
1: I knew that he wasn't my physical equal, <laughs> which that sounds bad. No, it
0: doesn't. It just, it, it actually sounds like a lot of awareness but at I a young age that hurt. you were able to. I knew,
1: I knew that I didn't need to get into a physical fight with him because I knew what would happen and I didn't want to hurt him
0: yeah you didn't want to hurt him
1: yeah Mm -hmm. so i would let him hit at me and i'd just run
0: yeah he wasn't all that physical
1: Mm, no he was oh (laughs) mama finds out the real truth he would he would kick me a lot and he would scratch me yeah a lot of scratching yeah yeah Um, that's true was like a cat uh and just stuff like that but most of the time like when we did get into physical altercations i would just run and back off yeah yeah
0: yeah and probably that has a lot to do with the early coaching that you got from us of like you know when you have big feelings yeah that's
1: later on I don't remember anything before the age of five years old right right
0: right um so you like having a brother I do yeah
1: I like having a brother I
0: think um I would imagine that as you guys get older it'll be nice for you to have had like a collective story together because one of my questions was what is one of your favorite childhood family memories
1: favorite childhood memory with the family yeah okay
0: like something we did or a moment in time or um i don't want to lead the witness but yeah like just now like okay favorite is so i hate that word actually what's a good yeah what's it what's one you remember like what's a good memory you have right now that you remember
1: Honestly, my favorite family memory. I, I know what I know what my favorite family memory is. It's over the pandemic when we went to Yosemite. Oh
0: yeah, that's
1: that's my favorite.
0: It was a very special. It was
1: very experience. very nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though we had previously spent five months straight together, we still yeah had a wonderful family vacation.
1: That was that was that was my fa- that's my favorite memory.
0: It's with, so great cuz it's so you history. as well because you also love the outdoors. That's my favorite
1: place in the world. It's your
0: favorite place. Yeah, and you so, you know
1: That probably adds family. on to it. If we were in like Palm Springs or Temecula then, I mean, I don't think it would have been the same. Some
0: people like those places. Mm, but yeah. not it's not for you. You like the woods. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to switch gears from childhood and I'm going to ask you some questions about me.
1: Oh, okay. This will be fun.
0: Uh huh. I'm really nervous. I'm gonna
1: answer real honestly.
0: (laughs) I'm super nervous because I have no idea what's gonna happen right now. Um. Okay. What's it like to be my son? Miserable. (laughs) Just just stop. (laughs) What is it like? Is okay? Maybe it's miserable. Go for it. Tell me. No, no,
1: it's not miserable. Um.
0: I don't even know if that's a well phrased question, but what is
1: it like? Like in terms of what?
0: I don't know. Like. Like in terms of, in
1: terms of the rules you set in terms of like what we do together in terms of all
0: of it, like you, you only have me, I'm your mom. And like, when it's all said and done, I'm it. Yeah. Your experience of being a son is you between you and me. Yeah. So what's it like? Is it like, is it boring? Is it interesting? Is it fun? Is it um, hard? Is it annoying? Like it's pretty good. (laughs)
1: I think you've been probably about as as good as I could ask for in mm-hmm. terms of a, a mother. Yeah, you're, you're, I mean, this is going to sound like really, like I said before, kind of cliche, but you're you're always you're always there for me. We I love having like conversations with you. You're mm-hmm. very easy to talk to. I love doing stuff with you, like whether or not you know we go on hikes or or we watch shows. I and mean, I've been very busy lately. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry about that. No, but, that's okay you've definitely, you've put like pressure on me and expectations and stuff, but it's never been overbearing. Mm. It's never felt like you're holding me back or stopping me from doing something that I really want to. You're very supportive, mm. which I like.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you, honey. Yeah. What's the most annoying thing about me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can be as honest as you want. I'm ready.
1: Okay. Um,
0: oh, I don't know. Am I ready? Yes, I'm ready.
1: No, you're not. <laughs> oh,
0: no. Okay, let's see what the happens.
1: The most annoying thing about you is the jokes that you make.
0: Oh, I'm a oh ba- I am I, I make this... bad jokes. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I think I'm hilarious, everybody. <laughs> uh-huh. Apparently, I'm not.
1: It's just...
0: Are they like bad dad jokes kind of situation or like, I think I'm being funny and I'm not. Yeah. Like,
1: you do you think you're being funny? and You're not. And you say something and it just makes me want to, you know,
0: cringe, like hide.
1: Yeah, it's bad.
0: <laughs> well, if that's the most annoying thing about me, we were joking the other day because I was texting your brother and you were watching me like look at his grades and then text him That's annoying
1: too but I understand why you do it. So
0: what I did was I wrote the we need to talk when you get home text and you were like, "Oh, I know how it's like to get that text." <laughs>
1: yeah, but but that's That's
0: not annoying.
1: It's not annoying because it's either you have a reason to do it.
0: Yeah, you know? but you know what it means when yes. you get the we need to talk text. I just thought it was hilarious when you were like, "Oh, it's the we need to talk text." <sighs> and I was like, "Oh, that must be a thing." Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about your, your future a little bit, which I know you're not like, we're not at that stage where we're like, what's your major and where are you going to college? And I told you, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lincoln is not going to yell everybody. I don't even want to talk about it like that. Like, what are your plans? I, I kind of want to think about like when you make life decisions it now and in the future, like when you decide how to spend your time or you decide, you know what what you want to do like what are you using to decide like are you where what are your things that you factor in like do you factor in your parents what they are going to think do you factor in your peers do you factor in your intuition like how do you make decisions
1: big decisions sure um i factor in i definitely factor in whether or not i would be you know living up to what i feel is your your guys expectations of mm, me but mm-hmm. whether or not that actually exists there is still a feeling of it i'm sure every kid has a feeling that there's expectations for them from their parents mm-hmm. um whether or not i'd be happy
0: mm. so you with the definitely seek, of it. seek that like am i going to be happy with the outcome yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it's a question you kind of yeah there it. is a
1: bit of like peer influence on it mm-hmm. as well like you know is this like socially acceptable and stuff i don't Mm. really know i'm talking very vague i don't have specifics no
0: that's okay i'm just kind of curious it's a vague question someone asked that like you know
1: how do i make decisions
0: yeah and they were wondering if you short term
1: decisions i just flip a coin (laughs)
0: um but yeah like what you know what do you prioritize so it's like happiness it sounds like like are you gonna what does that mean happiness like are you going to be happy with the result
1: if i'm not enjoying it when i'm doing it or if I'm not going to be happy with how it turns out, mm. I don't want to do it.
0: Oh. oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like another question was like, when, okay, if there's rules in our house, like right now you're a teenager, so you have like curfew rules. Yeah. Um, You have rules around spending money. We obviously have rules around like drug and alcohol use, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, we have some rules around grades. It's, um. As you get older, it's, we're handing that over to you. Yeah, that's. Cool. But what's your thought process when you're going to follow the rules or break the rules?
1: Um, I weigh the reward to consequence. Uh-huh.
0: This is fascinating. Is it,
1: the reward to consequence ratio of is it worth?
0: Is is is, is breaking thing, this this, uh-huh. this
1: rule that we have? worth it yes most of the time it's not
0: you know what's really interesting just about teenagers in general is that they overestimate not the how like the consequence isn't going to be that bad they actually overestimate the good of the experience like staying out with your friends an extra hour your brain says oh that's going to be incredible it's going to be so good not thinking oh i won't get in that much trouble
1: i think for the most part i'm genuinely generally pretty good yeah yeah giving an accurate like what is is it worth it kind of of question Uh yeah Uh i I think for the most part i can do that pretty well
0: yeah so you that's that's your decision making like if i get caught or when i get caught
1: oh you don't know half the
0: stuff i've done okay so if i get caught then um is it worth the experience or was the like the crime worth the time yeah (laughs) Okay, um, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I was wondering, like I, I teach this concept called emotional literacy mm-hmm. and I wondered how you would define it.
1: It's being able to understand, being able to read and understand your own emotions
0: mm-hmm.
1: and being able to accurately act on them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and being able to read and understand other people's emotions and being able to act on that too.
0: Wow. That was like textbook answer. You guys, we did not rehearse that. I'm really, yeah.
1: That's kind of self-explanatory. Is it? Yeah, it
0: is. I don't know. It's like literacy. I think that it's literacy. Yeah, it's emotional literacy. Being
1: able to read it, understand it, and then act on it.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Someone asked this question, and I'm nervous to ask you it. All right, let's hear it. I am really nervous. Okay, so the question is, do you feel that you i raised you as a feminist i knew this would be a hard question um and also maybe we need to define feminist like how would you define a feminist and then would you define yourself that way um this is a question that people want to know because you're a man yeah and i'm a woman and i'm raising you in this time and women who are raising boys they're they want to do right by the future generation. You know, they want to like raise people who yeah.
1: are, you know. I, I know how an to answer this.
0: Yeah. Okay. So tell me. Um what how do you want to answer it? However, you want.
1: I think there's a lot of different definitions for feminists depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's one clear-cut definition for it. Mm-hmm. But I you have raised me as somebody who sees people regardless of their gender as equal and and treats them as such Mm -hmm. and and understand understands the difference in struggles between men and women Mm -hmm. and respects that
0: right so it's not like that concept of colorblind where everybody's the same the piece that you just said about seeing each the struggle
1: yeah I, i i can understand where the hardships come and how they're different Mm -hmm. between the two
0: you know I could talk to you about this all day because this is actually one of the things that we love to do as a in our relationship is to talk about like really big concepts like patriarchy or you know women's rights or political like not political but more like philosophical theories yeah political theories not like politics like day in day out but sort of like economic structures and socialism versus capitalism and yeah like we have we go for it yeah yeah. um so i I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole but when you when you think of yourself would you define i don't even know if i define myself as a feminist but i mean obviously i am but it's an identity that I came to later in my growth and journey, but do you think like, yeah, I'm a feminist.
1: I would say that I agree with feminist ideals. Yeah. I don't know if I would describe myself as a feminist just because of how varied that definition is Mm -hmm. and what that means, Mm -hmm. depending on different people. I don't want to lock myself into that idea Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or into that identity. Because it means such vastly different things mm-hmm. depending on who you talk to.
0: Interesting, yeah. So you see yourself the core
1: ideas of it. I yeah. agree with, mm-hmm. but I don't want to put that. Not that it's bad, mm-hmm. but I don't want that to be. I don't really
0: know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's similar to what I just said, like as a label or yeah, an yeah, identity. exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I agree with the ideals of it, but I don't need it as an identity.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Here is one question I have for you is like what's one thing that's true about you that I don't know or that I don't understand?
1: Something that you don't understand mm-hmm. as much is I think you overestimate how like emotionally mature I am.
0: Oh, wow.
1: In terms of being able to control my emotions Mm. because i feel like you hold me to a really high standard with that Mm -hmm. and i feel like i i'm not as good as you know delaying gratification and Mm -hmm. and not acting purely on emotion Mm -hmm. and stuff like that Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. you think i am
0: Mm. yeah that's good for me to know yeah yeah i think
1: i'm still I'm not bad at it, but what I'm I think not, is interesting. I'm not as good as it as you, as you think.
0: Yeah, about. what I think is probably true about you that maybe you don't understand about you. Yeah, is how aware you are of it. Of
1: it. At least I'm aware of. Yeah, it. Yeah, like
0: I understand that you think I have high expectations, and maybe I do, and it's something for me to explore. But I actually am constantly surprised at you by how emotionally aware you are and how good you are at articulating the messiness that's going on inside of you.
1: I can articulate it. That doesn't mean that you I can deal accurately with deal with it.
0: Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense, especially kind of what you've been going through this year in terms of just like, you know, school and, you know, managing time and managing priorities and yeah. all of that. Yeah. And it's like,
1: I yeah. can still I can pinpoint when something's wrong. Right. You
0: just don't necessarily. I mean, it's so common, honey. I just want you to know that, like, so many adults have strategies that they use, like, yeah. you know, binge watching TV or overeating or over drinking or overworking or under eating. Like, you know, yeah. all of us have these coping strategies. Um, and I say over and over, like, the awareness of it is so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, mm-hmm.
1: that's, I don't think it's, I didn't have a big answer for this question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, no one here is going to hear it or know, but I, I mean, they will know. I took like a two minute long break mm-hmm. thinking about how to answer this because I didn't really know what there was. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I love it. I, I think that's a, again, a lot of awareness and I would like to think more about the expectation thing and um, yeah, where I'm at with that. So okay. thank you. Yeah. I have three more questions. Okay. The first one is what is the best thing about our relationship?
1: You kind of said some things, but what is our, what
0: is the best thing about our relationship?
1: Definitely the, um, like the conversations we have. Yeah. That's, that's definitely the best part.
0: Yeah. That's true for me too. I mean, the best thing for me about our relationship is, how much I delight in you, and like it's very genuine. I just find you delightful, I find you funny and smart. Um, you're just delightful to me all around, yeah. and I um always want to chit chat with you. I want to know what's going on in your life. Like, I'm just super curious, and it comes from a really genuine space. And then I think that makes our conversations really interesting, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, But we do, we have the craziest conversations about like very, very high level philosophical stuff.
1: Yeah. And I don't really have that with anyone else.
0: No, me neither. No, a few people. Okay. As you turn 18, what do you think our relationship's going to be like as you get older? Like sometimes I ask my parents that I work with to think about like, I call it the positive parenting vision. And it's like, what do you want your relationship with your kid to be like in 10 years? Right. So what do you want our relationship to be like in 10 years?
1: I want it to be the same as it is now mm-hmm. without the reliance on you. Okay. I don't mm-hmm. want to be, whether it's financially mm-hmm. or like emotionally mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I want to be able to be independent.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I I think I will be able to, but yeah. I don't want to lose, you know, the the um relationship that we have yeah know? like
0: the friendship or yeah, like the yeah. like camaraderie or whatever
1: uh, yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. so I, I want it i want it to have a similar relationship to what we have now just without the the reliance and dependence on you
0: yeah so are you gonna like call me and do stuff with me i'm sure i will yeah do you want to do hikes with me yeah yeah going, what about vacations do you go on vacation with me if you can. okay there we go <laughs> yes the answer is yes um, okay. Last question. Okay. Is if you could ask me any questions, I can, what would you, Oh, you can, what is,
1: it? Well, I I mean, this is, this is, it's not like I need this medium to, I just kind of can.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. So if, so you're saying, I don't need to say, if you could ask any questions, what would it be? Because you are saying I, I can.
1: Yeah. And I don't have an answer to this because I just do already. Whenever there's you have a question, a, you not like me. a question I have
0: right now that I want to ask you. So like, there's no like deep, dark secret question. You're like, want to find out and put me on the spot or no. any sort of weird question. No, not really. Really? No, yeah, no. Oh, okay. Um, well, thank you, honey. Yeah. I do want to say that I'm really proud of you. I love who you are and who you're becoming Thank you. and I've just had the best ride watching you grow up. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure.
1: I'm Very, very thankful that you're my mother.
0: Yeah. So. Same that I get to be your mom. So thanks for doing this podcast episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The monetary reward from it's going to be pretty good. So.
0: Oh yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> paying him. Ha, ha. Not at all. Uh, All right. Well, thanks everybody. I hope you love this episode as much as I love doing it. And um, I just find, I find Lincoln very interesting, very delightful. And um, I am so glad that you got a chance to meet him and talk with him and listen to him. And um, yeah, I am wishing you the best week with your kids. All right. Bye. Hey Mama, if you've been listening to this podcast and thinking, oh my gosh, yes, I'm so ready to get out of this chaos and create more peace in myself and in my family, then I want to invite you to join Call Mama School. It's my lifetime membership program where you learn how to stop yelling and feeling overwhelmed by parenting, teach your kids how to manage all of their big feelings, and set limits that actually work. It's lifetime access for getting everything you need to have the family you want and become the mom that you're meant to be. No matter how old your kids are or how chaotic your family is right now, I can help you create peace and joy in your home. To join, go to coaching.com and get instant access to my online course and start coming to weekly coaching calls this week. I can't wait to help you transform your family. See you there.